Hey, it's good to see you here this morning. It's good to be with you. Uh, I actually love Mother's Day. It's that time where we kind of push the pause button and we say, I need to reflect on moms. And in our core family, you know, we have uh, we have six moms. We have a daughter and two daughter-in-laws who are great moms. I have my wife, who's obviously the mother of my children. And then for lunch today, we have both of our moms coming over. So six moms in what I call my core family. And it's such a blessing. And as I've reflected on these moms, and on some of you who are moms, and some of you who have moms, which is almost all of you, uh, almost, uh, I've, I reflected on uh, the idea of sacrifice, like Mike talked about, but suffering saints, just suffering saints that uh, sometimes what we should do as children is we should stop and think about what we put our moms through on this day. And so I, I've thought about that the last few days as I've gotten ready to write the cards for my mom and all that. And uh, I put her through a lot. And you put your mom through a lot, I bet. And I just think about it, man. Uh, often I'll be teaching at the Cedar Falls campus, often, three or four times, and someone will come up and say, uh, Dave, are you the Dave Bartlett that grew up on Downing Avenue? I'll go, yeah, that was our family. And they go, well, our parents told us not to play with you kids. Um, we were kind of rowdy. Um, and as I think about it, one time they were uh, making a construction on the street in front of our house, and uh, they had these asphalt, you know, asphalt street, and they had this big roller, steam roller that smooths it all out. And from where my mom was watching, we were supposed to stay in the yard. We were little, and but I rode my bike in front of it and actually fell down. And where she was looking at it, it looked like I was like flat. Um, but I got away, you know, obviously. And we're sitting on the side porch, my brothers and I, laughing at how flat I would be. And my mom is in the house crying, like, oh, that was so close. And then my dad came home right at that instant when we're laughing, mom's crying. That was not, you know, I put my mom through a lot. We used to play tag with bow and arrows, real bow and arrows. I mean, you know, you wear some hoods. Some of you are shaking your head. You, you could see how that could happen. Well, one time, I, like, I tagged my brother, but it was right in the lip. And, like, oh, the arrow got stuck in there. So he's bleeding like crazy. The arrow's hanging out. We're running over. Mom, mom. You've put your mom through some stuff. It's not just me. I remember I got engaged to my wife my second year of college. Uh, her name is Lynn, Linda. And uh, my dad worked second shift, so my mom and dad would have a, a time of talking when my dad got off about midnight. And so that's when we were going to tell mom and dad that we got engaged today. So I come in, dad's home from work, he's reading the paper, my mom's sitting there. And uh, I said, uh, hey, we got engaged today. And I, you know, uh, had my arm around my Linda. And hey, we got engaged today. You know, this is great. And they said, oh, that's nice. That's good. Gave us a hug. Left. My mom went to bed. I came home after dropping Linda off. My dad said, we were trying to figure out who that was. You've put your mom through some stuff. It's not just me. Bless her today, if you can. Okay, now, the kingdom. The kingdom of God. We're in this series, and I love this series. It's called More Than Words, and it's the idea that we use words in church that um, cause misunderstanding and we don't give enough definition to. I remember the time I had this passionate teaching on the church is called to be salt and light in the neighborhood. And I just taught, and I pounded, and I was animate. And about Wednesday of that week, I had lunch with a new couple in our church who were new to Christ. And uh, the husband, at the end of the appointment, I said, is there anything else you'd like to say? And he said, yeah, Dave, I listened to your teaching on Sunday, and you were talking about salt and light, and I have no clue 
what you were talking about. No clue whatsoever. And that happens because we use words, we use phrases that we don't communicate. And so uh, the kingdom of God is one of those, the kingdom. I grew up in a church where um, a lot of great things were taught, but the kingdom of God was never taught. And no one ever told me that the number one topic that Jesus taught about was the kingdom of God. I never heard that. I thought the kingdom of God was heaven. I thought when you pray to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, as your rescuer and your leader, I thought you get a ticket for heaven, and then most of the rest of the li- of your life is like waiting for heaven. And um, that's not the way it is. That's not the message of Jesus. And it's so clear, but it's undertaught and it's misunderstood. So I want to build that case uh, uh, about this topic that Jesus spoke the most about. And so I'm going to show you some scriptures real quick. Now, I'm going to cover them so fast, you won't be able to get to them in your Bibles uh, until we get to a certain one. Uh, Mark 1.15, the first words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark are these. Jesus stands up and he says this, The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And so I saw that this week, and I, I've known that for a long time. And then I thought, well, did anyone in the New Testament before Jesus ever talk about the kingdom? Yes, John the Baptist, Matthew 3, 2. Here's what John the Baptist said. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then a little bit later, he said, that's the Messiah. When Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, here's the verse he said, I tell you the truth, no one can see what the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And when we do baptisms of our, our infants, our babies, in Orchard Hill Church, and when I'm up front, almost always I use the verse, Mark ten fourteen. Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then Jesus explained the kingdom. In, uh, in Luke 17, he said this, The kingdom of God does not come with careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God, says Jesus, is within you. And Jesus used all kinds of parables and metaphors. In fact, uh, Matthew chapter 13 is a chapter that is completely about the kingdom. And it's so interesting Jesus says this, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. He's talking to his disciples. He's kind of teaching. And then here's just a few words he says about the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed a good seed in a field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. Then he looks at his disciples and says, Well, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in a field. Though it was the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants. And he looks at him and he says, No, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought the field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The kingdom of heaven 
is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. And then in a time, the fish were sorted between good fish and bad fish. And then he says to his disciples, after all these metaphors and parables, then he says, hey, do you understand these things? And I can't believe his disciples answer. Yep. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> then he said to them, therefore, Every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Now, if you take that chapter and the words of Jesus and you say, what can we learn about the kingdom? One, kingdom's a big deal. It's incredibly valuable. Sometimes I go searching and find it. Sometimes I stumble onto it. It's both here and now, and not yet. It's as old as God himself, and there are elements of it that are completely new today. So what is this kingdom of God? Our definition comes from the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. You pray it over and over again. Some of you grew up in churches where you prayed it every day. Our definition for the kingdom comes right from there. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Orchard's definition of the kingdom of God, the biblical definition, I believe, is God's kingdom is where God's will is done. Where God's will reigns, that's his kingdom. That's his kingdom. So God's kingdom is at hand. It has been since the beginning of time. It will never cease. One day it will explode. It is exploding now. And one day it will explode even further till it takes control of everything, one day, every reign, everywhere, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, and God's will and his will one day will prevail forever completely. But not today. Not today, because we live in a world that's broken, and there are multiple kingdoms in battle. And so there's God's kingdom, right? Remember when Jesus was tempted? And Satan said, you know, I will give you my kingdom. Jesus never said you can't do that. He said, no, I'm not going to choose that. You see, Satan has a kingdom here. It's real clear. And then you and I have a kingdom here. Our own self-will. And we can choose to go our way of our kingdom instead of God's way of his kingdom anytime we choose. It's just amazing. So uh, uh, Dallas Willard was one of my mentors, wrote several books on this. And in fact, Dallas Willard died at age 77 just this week. Um, I want to read a chapter, uh, paragraph here. One thing that may mislead us about the meaning of the kingdom, God's kingdom at hand, in Jesus' basic message, is the fact that other kingdoms are still present on the earth along with the kingdom of heaven. They too are at hand. There is the human, this is the human condition. Persons other than God, such as you, or I, are still allowed on earth to have a say that is contrary to his will. We have free will. We can go after, I can go after my kingdom, or I can be an agent of his kingdom. A kingdom of darkness is certainly also here, and kingdoms of many individuals. You and I, in the power of Christ, have the privilege of experiencing God's kingdom and being agents of God's kingdom right here and now. This is why it's worth listening to and thinking about. This afternoon, you can, be a, you can operate in your own kingdom and be an agent for yourself. Or in the power of the Spirit, you can be an agent for the kingdom of God. 
And uh, th- that's where I believe we find joy. That's where I believe God's work is done. When we choose, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now some stories about where the kingdom works, how it works. Obviously, there's, there's heaven. And when we die, one day we'll go there and the per- it's, perfect, it's God's perfect kingdom. But what about here and now? What about how does it work now? I was in a hospital room in an ICU at uh, Covenant two weeks ago. And I saw the kingdom come. Uh, I was in ICU. A friend of mine, Larry Novak, who's a part of our church for 10 years, he was dying of esophagus and lung cancer. And when he went to ICU, I told my friends, he will never leave. And he was in the process of dying. He had a ventilator in. I held Larry's hand and his three daughters, grown daughters, and he's 56 years old, three grown daughters, one grown son, and his wife, Peg. And we held hands there with Larry. And his, his body was going, but his mind was incredibly sharp. His eyes were sharp. He could write notes on a whiteboard, even on a ventilator. But we could see that his body was dying. And as we held hands in that room, there was this peace that came. And that was like the sunlight shining through of the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God isn't necessarily a feel-good place. I believe the kingdom shined through when Jesus hung on a cross. Because was the will of God done in that place? You bet it was. And was Jesus in pain and agony? You bet he was. My sin and your sin was being put on him. But yet, the will of God was done there on that cross. And so the will of God, even though I believe cancer is evil. Cancer is because we're born in a broken world and because there's darkness here. But the ray of sunlight of God's kingdom shone through there. So then I prayed and I thought, wow, that's powerful. Then I stepped back into the corner of the room. And I just watched and kind of said silent prayers. And his daughters and his uh, son, who was a football player at one of the universities, uh, each took turns to hold his hand, rub his feet, stroke his head, kiss him, and speak their love and respect to their dad for the last time. And I stood there, and the first thought I had was, this is a holy moment. What a gift to be able to have the opportunity to speak to your dad. And then I thought... It's more than a holy moment. This is the sun ray of the kingdom coming through. This is God's will right here. I, um, it comes through a lot of places, right? Uh, a lot of times it's about obedience. A lot of times it's about recognizing the spirits at work. Um, when you and I, uh, many of us, 254 people at Orchard sponsor children in Mozambique. And these children live in thatched roof houses and mud floors. They have almost nothing. I've been there twice. And when we write a check and then that check, and then we write a letter, and then a staff person there takes the letter out to the house. I've seen it a couple times. And they get mom and dad and the kids and the grandpa and grandma, if there's any living, and they sit on the floor and they read your words to that family. Oh, my goodness. It's like the kingdom shining through in an evil, broken place. Um, some of us, uh, as a church, we're having a lot of babies these days. And uh, a couple staff people had had babies in the last weeks. And uh, lots of our church family are young and they're having babies. And do you remember those of you who've had a baby and you've held that baby for the first time? Do you remember that feeling inside? Do you remember like how there was this instant love? for this person you've just met. And uh, it's almost like unknowable, ununderstandable. 
and, and like you let you feel it and then you're whispering a prayer for this baby and you're whispering a commitment to God for this baby. That's like the kingdom shining through. Because God made us that way and we're leaning into that. When someone loves an enemy, that's the kingdom shining through. When someone chooses to defend the defenseless, visit a prisoner, feed a hungry person, listen to a lonely person, befriend a neighbor, rake the leaves of an elderly person, actually listen hard enough to get to the core problems of a person, not just how's your day, thanks. Those are times when the kingdom of God shines through and you and I get to be agents of the king. We get to be agents. Today, some of you will have the privilege of making a phone call to your mothers. Maybe you already have. And you're able to speak love over the phone to a mom who you're not going to see. And when you speak that love and that thanks, that's the kingdom. Some of you are close enough, you'll get to give your mom a hug. And you can whisper in her ear, thanks mom for all you've done. Sacrificial saint. Ah, That's the kingdom. You see, we're not just waiting for the kingdom. We're agents who get to bring the kingdom today. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Through us as agents, but we have to be empowered by the Spirit of God and following the Son of God. What an incredible opportunity and challenge. We can be used by God to bring his kingdom, his will to earth. And when we believe the gospel and become a follower of Christ, we not only get that ticket for heaven, for eternity, but we get to begin to live eternal life right now. So the way I run my business, I can bring the kingdom there. The way I teach my classroom, I can bring the kingdom there. The way I coach my team, I can bring the kingdom there. As I'm asking God to help me do it his way. As I come into my class early and I walk past the door, desks and I pray for each student. The sunlight of the kingdom is just coming in. As I'm on my way to church and I'm just whispering a prayer that both my family and everyone else who attends church today would have a powerful sense of the spirit of God. That's bringing the kingdom. We get to be a part of it. We get to. Who gets to live like this? Who gets to have this kind of purpose? Followers of Jesus. It's it's cool. Now, what about the church? The church is the other word that's in mind. So God is king. We're talking about the kingdom. Remember, what is the kingdom? Wherever God's will is done, wherever God's will reigns, that's where the kingdom is. Jesus is his own definition in his prayer. But what about the church? The word church is found in the New Testament 114 times. It is never, not one of those times does it refer to a building. Not one of those times does it refer to an organization. Not one of those times, this is interesting, does it refer to a segment of a group of Christ followers in a town. Not once. Yet we use the word church in all of those ways. We use the word church as a building. Hey, where are you going? Well, we don't so much. The theater. Uh... But uh, ask the Cedar Falls campus, where are you going? To church. Bonk, thanks for playing. It's the wrong use of the word according to the Bible. Well, what are you going to do about poverty? Well, my church, the organization, has some good causes. 
It's the wrong word, use of the word. Or even, here's, here's another one, wrong use. It's like, well, who's me, who's, what's the church in uh, Grundy Center, Iowa this morning? Well, you say, well, there's nine churches meeting, or however many, I don't know. Bonk, thanks for playing, wrong use of the word. There is the church, which is all the followers of Jesus in Grundy Center, Grundy County. That's the way it's used in the New Testament. The church, big C. It's like all of those who know Christ and follow Christ. And so we have to be careful as we're thinking about what is the church. It's, it's, this understanding has actually driven us at Orchard, driven me to um, want to encourage other local congregations, would be a better way to talk about it. So there's nine congregations meeting today as the church of Jesus. Are you tracking with me? Are you getting this difference? It's kind of subtle, but it's important. So then, what if all the congregations then chose to encourage each other because then the church thrives? And you know, that's our point of view. That's our leadership point of view. That's what we believe Jesus in John 17 where he says, um, Father, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one. What's he talking about there? The church. The church of Grundy County. The church of Iowa. The church of North America. The church, could they be one as you and I are one? Never a building, never an organization. Uh, but So then, when we think about being agents of the kingdom, it's not just people of this local congregation who we want to encourage as agents of the kingdom. We want to encourage everyone in our vicinity, whether they're Presbyterian, Baptist, Vineyard, you know, Pres- uh, Methodist, doesn't matter. We want to encourage them because they're agents of the kingdom and they serve and follow the same king you and I do. And so that's an important thing about the uh, the church. God is building a people and within God's will as a part of his kingdom, he's building a people to love Jesus, serve Jesus, and to be led by his spirit on the inside because we have his spirit within us. Now here's the... Uh, what do you take from a message like this? You know, more than words. Well, so now you know, I hope, um, what's the kingdom? It's wherever God's will is done. And you and I get to be agents of the kingdom. And what's the church? It's the people who follow after Jesus, run after Jesus, and try to do his will and bring his kingdom to earth. Okay? But like, how do you take a, how do you take a sermon like this, a teaching like this, how do you take it into your morning? I, I've been thinking about that a lot. And uh, so here's, here's uh, what happened to me. There's another part of the kingdom. Last Saturday, I was a part of a thing called Love Cedar Valley in, uh, in Waterloo. And uh, Orchard kind of behind the scenes gives a lot of leadership to that. 43 churches. And we were worshiping in the downtown civic center called the uh, Five Sullivan Brothers uh, Civic Center. And uh, so it's uh, black people and Hispanic people and uh, uh, white people. We're all worshiping God, and the band is led by a, a Pentecostal leader. And, I mean, just awesome time. And I'm looking around the room. I'm in the back. It's at the end of the day. I'm in the back, and you got these uh, Pentecostal uh, flag wavers over here in this aisle, waving the flag. you got a bunch of uh, young people up front dancing. You've got uh, people across the service, like, raising their hands and stuff. And then, uh, you know, you've got a lot of, quite a few number of our people who are, like me, standing there, like, singing. 
And I had this thought, maybe this is what the kingdom of God will be like in heaven. Maybe it won't be exactly like we do worship here. Maybe it's going to be like kind of out of the box as we praise God in so many ways. Because I've been to Africa and they worship God with their bodies. I mean, they're dancing. They're, I mean, they use their bodies to worship God, which we don't do so much. But I was standing back and thinking, wow, what an awesome place. And then at the end of that uh, multicultural worship service, where I felt like the, the sunshine of the kingdom of God came through clearly. They closed with this with a video, and then they said this. They had five people up front, and they said uh, the video was a video called Ten Thousand Questions." And then it ended with a little with a young black lady saying, uh, "Lord, I don't know the answers to the questions, but here am I, use me to build your kingdom. Here am I, use me." And then they had five people up front. Neil McMahon was one of them, a surgeon. He said, "Here am I, Lord, I'm a surgeon. I do this, I'm a grandpa. Use me." And the next one was a 10 year old black boy. Here am I in the fourth grade at Lincoln Elementary. Use me. Next to him was a Hispanic mom. Here am I trying to learn English. Use me. Next to him was a black pastor. Here am I in a little black church. Use me. And in my heart, standing in the back of that room, I said, Lord, here am I. Use me. Here am I. Use me. And what if that's what you use to take this teaching to tomorrow morning. Because what I found was I could take it all week. I took it all this week. Every, every, every morning I got up, whether it was a hard day or an easy day, and I have both kinds, and so do you. I said, here am I, Lord. Use me. Use me as an agent of your kingdom. Use me to bring your will today to my breakfast table and to my first meeting and to my group tonight. Here my Lord, use me. So what if you would take that? What if that's the part? Somebody says at lunch today, hey, what did they teach about at your church today? And he simply said, here am I, Lord. Use me. Use me in your kingdom. Use me to bring your will here. Use me. Here am I. Use me. That's actually my prayer today. That you would take that with you for several days. Who knows? Maybe the rest of your life. Here am I, Lord. Use me. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, when you taught us to pray, you said, uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, uh, use us as agents of getting your will done. Use us as agents of getting your will done. Father, help us see your will. Help us be empowered by your spirit to walk in your will. Help us bring your kingdom to our families, to our mothers, to our homes, to our neighborhoods, to our businesses, to our classrooms. And Father, I pray that you would help us this week continually say to you, here am I, use me. In Jesus' name, amen.